how how are you liking my new pop podcasting room i like it ever since we moved house i've been feeling a bit nervous that things will go wrong in my life but now it's not but it's not it's just really hard being seven years old why because when it when i when i was six years old it was easier for me to cope with all the chain changing things right yeah and lo- and, and since I, i've become seven lots of things have changed and and it's really hard for me to cope with those things it's really hard being as old as i am now yeah i can imagine a lot of seven-year-old angst is coming out well we've got really nice ambient sounds in the background because we have a storm don't we yeah a storm so it's not like a a, a, a thunder and lightning storm today. No, it's more of a whippy wind and rainy storm, isn't it? Yeah. But we may be able to hear it in the background. So apologies for that. I haven't managed to get a new window put in just yet. That's okay. I don't mind. And plus, it will make the podcast feel more interesting to the people who are watching. Listening, darling. They're listening. No one can see us. Oh, yeah. Hey up, I'm Joe Heathcote, and this is Consistently Eccentric, a British history podcast where we try to make sense of some of the lesser-known and more absurd people and events these islands have produced. So let's get started with... This story takes place in the Tudor period. Okay? Tudor. Yes, there was a family called the Tudors, and they ruled England for a hundred-something years. A hundred and mystery years. A hundred and mystery years. But the reign of the Tudors started on the 22nd of August, 1485. For that is the day when Henry Tudor, later Henry VII, defeated Richard III at the Battle of Bosworth Field. Wait, what is this? The Battle of Bosworth Field, where King Richard III, who was king at the time, was defeated by Henry Tudor, who declared himself king... Because Richard III was dead. He died during the battle. And they only found him a few years ago under a car park. A car park? Yes. Yeah, someone... I thought car parks weren't invented. They weren't, but um, Richard III's body was lost. Uh, and many, many years later, someone built a car park where it was. And then they found it again. So they, so his body was lost and then they found it. Yeah. His body again. Under a car park in Leicester, yeah. Did they dig the car park up? They did. They had to dig the car park up to get his bones out. And then they put him in a proper place, which was nice of them, considering he lost the battle and was a loser. But by beating Richard III, that was effectively the end of a war that had been going on called the War of the Roses, which had been between the Lancastrian and York families and had been going on for about 30 years. 30 years. They've been fighting. These two families have been fighting over who got to be king for about 30 years. That's a very silly thing to fight over. Well, you get lots of money, you get lots of power, you get lots of influence, don't you? It's good to be king. I don't want to be queen or king. I don't think that's going to be an issue, Evie. Hooray. But the reason the war ended with Henry's victory was not only because he'd killed Richard III, his main rival, but also because he had promised to marry, if he won the battle, Elizabeth of York. I am an Elizabeth. No, you have an Elizabeth as your middle name. You're not named for Elizabeth of York, though. (laughs) Yeah, I was named for Queen Elizabeth. R.I.P. But by marrying Elizabeth of York, that would be the two families who were fighting brought together by marriage, wouldn't it? Because then you'd have 
Henry Tudor, and you'd have Elizabeth of York, which meant that the two the two families can't fight if they're married together, can they? Yeah, they can't. Or then they'll just make the people who King King Henry ending and Queen Elizabeth really upset. Yeah. So they'll say, "Stop fighting, you lot. We're done with that now. We're King and Queen, and we're saying it's done. It's over." It's flattened to the ground like a pancake, like a steamrolled pancake, steamrolled over a steamroller, which was powered by a roller skating dinosaur. Fantastic. And his roller skates were on tiny roller skates. Okay, don't over-egg the pudding, darling, okay? Okay. Good. Incidentally, though, because I know you'll like this fact, both Henry and Elizabeth were great-great-grandchildren of John O'Gaunt. <laughs> who owned Lancaster Castle. This, I do not like John O'Gorn. No, you don't like the creepy statue of him with his weird face, do you? No! I mean, because he lies. Well, he did lie a little. He is my least favourite king. He was never king, John O'Gorn. Don't worry, he never made it to the top job. Yeah, I do not like that person. But as a result of his own marriage ending the War of the Roses... Henry VII was very aware of how important marriages could be. So when his firstborn son, an heir to the throne, Arthur, was getting old enough to get married, Henry started looking around for the best possible match. So his son was getting older. If someone's getting older, they... As someone's getting older, they, like, need to... Need to marry. Well, I mean... They don't have to if they don't want to. Ah, well, these days you don't have to if you don't want to. Back then, if you were noble, uh, you had to get married to who your parents said because it was all about who you could become friends with or allies with. And, yeah, Henry VII decided that the best match for Arthur was a young girl called Catherine. Catherine? Yes. Annie Finns' name that you call her is Catherine. Yeah, Auntie Finns is a Catherine. But Henry liked this Catherine, firstly, because she was also a a descendant of John O'Gaunt. I do not like John O'Gaunt. But also because she was the daughter of King Ferdinand II of Aragon. Is he a bad king? No. He was a very good king and he collected kingdoms because he was also king of Sardinia, Sicily, Naples and Navarre. Hey! Stop doing pay taxes f- to keep kingdoms. No, he was just taking over kingdoms left, right and centre. He's a very good king. No, he was not. Taking over countries is bad. It's bad these days. Uh, it happened a lot more back then. Henry thought the match would secure a powerful ally on the continent of Europe. And Catherine and Arthur Tudor got married by proxy at the age of 13. And by proxy means that neither of them were actually at the wedding ceremony. They had other people do the marriage for them. They finally met for the first time when Catherine of Aragon arrived in England in 1501, at the age of 15, to begin their married life together, which is nice, isn't it? Yeah. So she came over from Spain to meet her new husband, and they were going to settle down and get married, uh, settle down and enjoy their married life together. (laughs) Unfortunately, less than six months later, Arthur died of English sweating sickness. Sixty. Hmm? Sixty. Six months. Six. Half a year later, after they'd first started their married life together, Arthur died of English sweating sickness. What? 
What is that? Well, it's weird. It's a disease that was around at the time, but no one knows quite what it was. And then it just went away and we don't have it anymore. But it killed Arthur, which left Catherine a widow at the age of just 16. Even worse, though, Henry VII no longer had his heir to the English throne. So he had, he'd had his son who was going to take over from him, but now he didn't. So what was he going to do? Who's going to take over? I guess he could just ask around and ask some people if they want to be king or not. And then he needs to, like, say, come on, man, this is serious. You need to rule your kingdom like, 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 like I am. Because if you're not, then I won't choose you to be king. And also, that... And if I do choose you, if you're going to be bad, then you're going to be a bad king and everyone will lo- will not like you. And then you'll have to do pay taxes and just be like king, the, the, the king who ruled Lancaster Castle. John Gaunt never was a king. You've really focused on him, aren't you? John Gaunt is a very bad man. Right. I hate John Gaunt. Well, that was an option to go and ask around. But luckily, Henry VII had another son. A second son, called Henry. Ah, Henry VIII. Henry VIII, yes. Was he a good boy? We're going to find out. Because He's bad, isn't he? Henry, Henry VIII, he'd never expected to become king because his brother was going to be king. And as a result, he trained as a knight. He trained as a knight? And you like... know all about that. Yeah, because I read the book yesterday and it's still in my book bag. Yeah, so he'd started off as a page, he'd become a squire, he'd become a knight, and he liked to go hunting, he liked to go hawking. Fishing! He liked fighting. Fishing! And Henry VIII had no real idea how to run a kingdom. Fishing! He didn't do fishing. Yeah, he did. No, that's not the kind of job that a king would do. But he, he wasn't wasn't particularly interested in learning how to run a kingdom because he was just happy with his fighting and his hunting. But seven years after Arthur died, Henry VII also died, which left Henry VIII the new king of England. So even though he didn't really want the job, he's got it now. Because his dad and his fr- and his brother had died. Yeah. And he decided... Did his mum die? Well, his mum couldn't be queen on her own. She was queen consort. At this point, you couldn't have queens. And Henry VIII decided that as he had to take his dead brother's job, he may as well also take his dead brother's wife. And he married Catherine of Aragon on the 11th of June, 1509, 11 years after her original wedding to his older brother. So she's married two Tudors by this point. That is so weird. Six years later, you get, you get married, one of your... One of your husbands dies, you have to take another one. The other one dies. Same again. Mm, well, that's the problem, isn't it? Because, yeah. yeah. If he if he dies, then who will Catherine marry now? Well, it's that's not happened, has it? No. It seems like everything's worked out, because Catherine was now Queen of England, as had been planned when she was 13. It was just with a different king. There was just one more thing that was needed to make their marriage life perfect. A son and heir to be born, so as that Henry VIII would have someone to pass the kingdom on to. And that needed, at this time, to be a boy. Catherine tried her best to give King Henry a boy, but after 16 years of marriage, they had only had one baby girl called Mary. Yeah. Well, no, she couldn't... That's useless. 
They need a boy. How dare you? What, at that time, it was useless. They needed a boy. No, they don't. And Henry was going, Catherine, a boy. I need a, I need a boy. Not this, this Mary, she's lovely. Absolutely wonderful little girl, but she can't become king, can she? No, she has to become queen. No, she's going to become nothing. I need a boy, said Henry. Princess! Yeah, she was a princess. Henry was becoming increasingly worried that if he didn't get a male heir, he might find it difficult to keep control of his kingdom. He described this as his great problem and began looking for different ways that he might solve it. One suggestion was that he could get a different wife who might be able to give him a son. You can't you can't get a different wife to to a wife that is lovely and has a lovely baby girl and has a lovely house. He can't just break up already. It's been six years. Sixteen years they've been, it's been together. Sixteen years. He can't break up now. Or else he could just ask around for a boy. Well no, what he could do is he could ask the Pope in pope. the Vatican if he was allowed to get divorced. And he did. But the Pope said no. Now, Henry wasn't used to being told no. So he went ahead and divorced Catherine of Aragon anyway in 1533. He said, that's it, marriage over, off you go. This not only upset Catherine, but it really upset the Pope and the Catholic Church, who were like, Henry, we told you you couldn't do this, mate. What have you done? And they said, that's it, you can't be a Catholic anymore. We don't want you in our club. You're excommunicated. Go away. Club? What well, club? religion. You couldn't be a Catholic anymore. Go away. We're excommunicating you. Pleh. So he's not allowed to be king anymore? No, he's still king. He's just not Catholic anymore. Catholic? But what Hen- does Catholic mean? It's a type of Christianity. Oh. Bells so... and smells. It's very high Christianity. Ew. Smelly bells. No, incense. Not smelly bells. <laughs> I may have explained that badly. But Henry thought, if they're angry with me anyway, I may as well take all the money from the Catholic churches as well for good measure and melt down all their gold and silver and keep it all to myself. This was known as the dissolution of the monasteries. Uh, Why is he melting gold now? So that he's got more money. But if he just melts all the gold, then it'll just turn into slop. Well, yeah, but then you, you cast it into ingots, which are like blocks of gold, and then you've got lots of gold that you can use to pay for stuff. What? That is a terrible idea. Well, it's what Henry did. Well, that is terrible. Catherine. Catherine, she wasn't allowed to go home to Spain. She was sent to live in various castles around England. She refused to accept the divorce and would continue to say that she was Henry's only true wife until she died in January 1536. Did the princess die? No. Yes. Princess is fine. But Catherine of Aragon would not be the only Queen of England to die in 1536. Because as soon as he had divorced Catherine, Henry had married a woman called Anne Boleyn. Anne Boleyn? Mm. She was uh, somebody who'd been at court and who Henry was assured would definitely be able to give him the son he needed. So Anne Boleyn's family were like, look, I know you had that trouble, you couldn't get a boy out of Catherine, but our Anne... She's definitely going to give birth to a healthy baby boy for you. We promise. It's a guarantee. It's a it's a Boleyn guarantee, yeah? And Henry went, sounds good. I'll marry your Anne and we'll see where we go. Hey, but what happens if she doesn't give him a girl? A, I mean a boy. Well, let's see. Because Anne, unfortunately, 
She did give birth, but it was to another girl. A girl called Elizabeth. Yeah! And, because she was too finding it difficult to provide the son that Henry wanted, Henry started to plot about how he might get rid of Anne so that he could marry for a third time and try Anne? a different wife. How dare you, Henry! You are just becoming even more bad. No wonder no one likes you. Well, he's saying, look, I, I just need a boy. If any of these ladies will give me a boy, that'd be fine. I'd stay married to them, but they're just not doing as I've told them, and I'm the king. You can't expect them to give you a boy. Maybe. Boy's just, it's just a part of life. You don't know if you're getting a girl or a boy when, once you're married. Yeah, but it's he's... a mysterious thing. Yes, but he's the king. He feels like he can tell people what they should do, and they should do it. But no one can force a boy out of their life. That is just plain wrong, Henry. <sighs> Stop it. Well, he started plotting how he could get rid of Anne. And unfortunately for Anne and her family, whereas Catherine, all of her family had been over in Spain, so it wasn't too much of a worry he could just divorce her, Anne Boleyn's family had become very powerful in England, thanks to Henry giving them good jobs and lots of money. And Henry was worried that if he divorced Anne, like he'd divorced Catherine, then the Boleyn family might try to rebel against him. What does rebel mean? It means they might raise an army and try and replace him as king. So he was really worried that might happen. But Henry, he was a practical man. He decided the best way to make sure that this didn't happen to him was to have all the members of the Boleyn family that he could killed. He came up with an excuse to say that Anne, her brother, and other members of her family had committed treason against him, and he sentenced them all to death. Did he literally do that? Yeah, he did. How many did he kill? I just want to know how many, not over how. Over the course of his um, his being king? Total? Yeah. Thousands. He liked a good execution. Anne herself was executed at the Tower of London on May 19th, 1536. She was executed after two girls. You're not appreciating your beautiful women. How dare you? Throw into the ground. He did. Stab he, him. He did. He Stab did. Appre he did appreciate Anne, though, because he booked a special French executioner with a razor sharp sword to make sure that she didn't suffer. Because he was a romantic. He did care. He didn't want her to suffer. So he went, I'm going to get the best executioner in Europe to come and do your execution so that you won't even notice. It'll be super quick. Which is nice, isn't it? No. Is that not nice? No. Not appreciating. Again, not appreciating you beautiful women. He does appreciate the beautiful women, though, because within two weeks of Anne Boleyn losing her head, Henry was on to wife number three. So he just got another one. He's a very naughty king. I do not like that king at all. Well, maybe you'll like his third wife, Jane Seymour, who he married on May 30th. Nope, still like Amber. Well, let's see. Jane was charming, beautiful, and she got on well with everyone that she met. She was the life and soul of the party. And it seemed that third time was the charm, as... Henry and Jane got along great. The people of England liked her much better than they'd liked Anne and were very happy that the king had moved on to Jane Seymour. And even better, on October the 12th... 15... They had a boy. Yep, 1537. She gave birth to a baby boy called Edward. Henry finally had the son he wanted and it seemed that everything... It had taken two wives. He was on to his third, but everything was now perfect. For the love of the world, stop it, man. You are a very naughty king. He's not a naughty king. Yes, he is. He's ex 
he's devoured. Divorced. He has divorced one of his wives. He has executed one of his wives, and he has also. And then he's just said, "Okay, this is perfect. I like you now." And now he's got married to someone who is his third wife. I think that is unacceptable. Naughty Henry. Right, well, you're not going to like the rest of this story because, unfortunately, Jane died two weeks later after giving birth to Edward, leaving Henry without a wife again. Though, to be fair, this time he didn't go looking for another wife straight away. He didn't just go straight out there looking for another woman to marry. He wore black for three months as a sign of mourning to show that he was very upset about Jane dying because he did love her. He definitely loved Jane. And Jane is the only one of Henry's wives who is buried next to him. So I think Jane was his favourite out of his wives. It's just a shame that after she gave him the boy he wanted so much, she up and died. Poor thing. However, after two years, Henry decided he'd mourned long enough. And he needed to move on with his life. He also thought... He died. He passed away. No, he didn't. He thought, do you know what, actually? I've got, I've got my son. I've got Edward, my heir. But I might need a spare son. Because my brother was supposed to be king. And then he died and it was to me. So I need a second son just in case. So, in January 1540, Henry married Anne of Cleves. Stop to give you more son. It's even worse, this one, because he hadn't even met her. He'd sent off a letter to Germany for this wife. So he'd... She was from Germany? Yeah, he'd sent... I have a friend from Germany. Right, well, he'd sent a letter off saying, have you got any women that might want to be my wife? And they sent back a couple of um, paintings yeah. of some eligible young women, and he picked one and said, go on, send her over. I'll marry her. And that was Anne of Cleves. However, when she arrived... Henry wasn't very happy. She wasn't particularly beautiful. She wasn't particularly well-educated. He couldn't have a conversation with her. She was a bit of a gambler. She was a bit rude. And he was like, I really don't want to marry this Anne of Cleves. But unfortunately, he'd already signed a lot of contracts saying he would. So on the 6th of January, he married Anne of Cleves. No. Even though he really didn't want to. She, She didn't like him. He didn't like her. It was all a mistake from start to finish, but they kind of had to go through with it. But, Did they like each other in the end? Uh, no, they got divorced six days later. Yes! So she lasted as his uh, wife for six days, and they both just went, no, we we don't work. We don't even like each other. This This is a terrible idea. We can't even speak the same language. What are we doing? And Anne went back off to Germany. She just went home. It was like a holiday for Anne. She got to be Queen of England for a week and then she went home. That was good. So it looks like that worked out for Anne. Yeah. Well, she didn't lose her head, did she? No. No. But while Anne wasn't to Henry's liking and was sent back, he had liked spending time with one of her ladies-in-waiting. And that's a group of ladies who will follow round a queen and make sure she's got everything she needs. So it's like a posse. You know, like you've got your posse of friends and you all go around together. Yeah. That's what ladies in waiting were. They well, were Anne of Cleves' posse. Well, I only have one posse and that is... Right. That is my posse. Okay. Posse of one. Yes. You're an army of two. Okay. But 
Henry liked one of the ladies-in-waiting called Catherine Howard. And now that he wasn't married to Anne of Cleves, Henry decided he'd try wooing her. Stop, stop it. He gave... Stop it, naughty man! He gave Catherine Howard lots of gifts, lots of compliments, said that he loved her and that he'd really, really like to make her Queen of England. And the two got married on July 28th, 1540. So Catherine was Henry's fifth wife. Wife number five. Come on. Wife number five. We're doing well. No, we are not. Why not? He's. I'm sure this. He's had five wives. How more does he need? Well, I'm sure number five will work out, won't it? I. I don't think so. You don't think so? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's not going to work out. Well, it worked for about a year, and they were very happy together. But then. Rumours started that Catherine Howard actually loved somebody else. And there was another man that she'd rather be married to. And King Henry, it turns out, was a very jealous man and didn't like the idea of Catherine Howard loving anybody else. So he stripped Catherine of the title of queen and sent her to live in a nunnery. What's a nunnery? Where nuns live. A what? And where do nuns live? In a convent or nunnery. What's con? What's a convent? It's a religious building where nuns live and, and do is, nun things. What is there? Uh, lots of toiling, lots of praising God, that kind mm. of stuff. And she was sent to live there over the winter um, of fifteen forty-one. Did did she to like think about it how there? Nun- we don't know. I think she was a bit worried about what might happen because Henry was trying to decide what to do with her at that time. I hope she wasn't good. She isn't going to get executed. Oh, well... She did, did Yeah, she? Henry thought it was just better if she wasn't around anymore, so she was executed on February the 13th, 1542. Was it the same one that, uh, that Amber did, got? Oh, no, no, he didn't pay for a French swordsman. It was just a guy with an axe this time. It costs a lot to send over those French swordsmen. They're very expensive. And he was like, I'm running through wives so quickly... I can't keep shelling out for the best executioner in Europe every time I want to get rid of a wife. Otherwise, I'll be spending loads of money on it. Okay, so I think that's bad for Henry, though. Well, he was getting on at this stage. He was getting a bit older. Uh, Did he die? Well, he'd definitely given up on the idea of having any more babies because you need a lot of energy to have young kids around. And he was like, do you know what? I've got Edward. It'll be right. I've got me air. All I want now is to settle down with someone who can look after my gouty leg. Because he had gout by this stage. Gout? What's gout? It's known as the king's disease. But if you don't eat your vegetables and you just eat meat, eventually all of your joints, like your knee joint and your ankle joint and your toe joints, they get very inflamed, hot and sore and you can't walk around and you start to get open sores on your leg. And he had gout pretty bad because he ate nothing but meat for like 50 years. Which is a surefire way to get gout. What I'm saying, Evie, is eat your vegetables or you will end up gouty like King Henry VIII and they'll have to carry you around on a litter. What's a litter? It's like a little chair that you carry about for fat, gouty people. Wait, is it like that that wheelchair thingy? Uh, yeah, it's it's like an early version of a wheelchair. You'd have to be carried around like a gouty Henry VIII, and you don't want that, do you? No. So eat your peas. And, and I, carrots. And munch too. I don't... I, and celery, raw. 
Yeah. I like butternut squash. That's good. Yeah, butternut squash will be fine. Yeah, eat that. I'll eat lots of butternut squash. Good stuff. And honey, and honeyed carrots, and roasted, and roasted, and roasted parsnip. Okay, that's a good. Yeah, what you're describing there is the good makings of a Sunday dinner, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Can I have that on a Sunday? We'll discuss it off mic after the episode. How about that? Yay. Yeah. So he'd given up on the idea of having any more kids. He just wanted someone who'd look after his gouty legs and someone he could have a conversation with. Someone who had the same sort of life experience as him. He wanted a friend now. Not a wife. A a wife who was also a friend, a companion. That's what he wanted. And he found a lady called Catherine Parr. Like Henry, this wouldn't be her first marriage as she'd already been married three times. So between the two of them... They'd said, I do, in a church, ten times in their lives. They're ten marriages between them. So they were very good at getting married. They were pros at getting married. Because they got married ten times. Yeah. And she hadn't executed any of her husbands. They'd all died of natural causes. So she was, in many ways, better than Henry, I'd say. And Catherine Parr, she was a good influence on Henry. Because do you know what she convinced him to do? What? To begin looking after his two daughters again. Because after he divorced Mary's mum and had Elizabeth's mum executed, they hadn't really got along, if you can imagine. So so the woman went to go and get his his daughters and then she come, came back with them. Well, let me put it this way. If I had mummy executed, do you think you'd be happy with me? No! Do you think it would take a while for you to want to have a a, a relationship with me again? Yes. Yeah. So Elizabeth had to go through that because, you know, her her dad had had her mum executed. Um, But Catherine, she, she brought the family back together and she did such a good job of it that Henry agreed that he'd add his daughters to the line of succession. So he he signed a law saying that first it's Edward, he'll be king after I've died, but after that, if he dies... Mary can be queen. And if Mary dies, Elizabeth can be queen. And this was the first time it was put into law that girls could inherit and become queens on their own. Which is pretty good work from Catherine Parr to get Henry to sign that, isn't it? Yeah. Wait, are you actually going to execute mummy? No. Why? Because I don't have the power to have anyone executed. And also I like mummy. We get on great. We're like Henry and Catherine Parr. We get on fine. Good friends. Yeah? Mummy's the Catherine Parr to my Henry, not the Anne Boleyn to my Henry, okay? Don't you worry. But everyone like. I Ca- think you should be like King Harold. What? The- I should die on a field in no! Hastings. I meant they like King Harold before the battle. Be be a great or killing king. Vikings in the north of England. No! Before that! What, friends with Edward the Confessor? No! I, I'm struggling to see what you want me to be. I meant be a good person. I, I am? Am I not? Yeah, you are. Can I just keep being me? I don't think I need to be Harold. Yeah! Okay, that'll do. I really don't want you to die on a battlefield. Mm. Well, I don't think I will. I'm a conscientious objector, which means I don't believe in battles and fighting as a way of solving problems. 
So don't, I, it's very unlikely that I will die on a battlefield, don't you worry. But Catherine Parr, when Henry was away fighting on the battlefields, she was lo- allowed to run the kingdom because she was so good at it. And she would sort out the taxes. She would make sure that everyone had enough food. She would make sure that everything was running nice while Henry was away. And she was really liked by everyone in England because she was a calming influence on Henry and everything kind of got a bit more chilled because when he was busy executing wives left, right and centre, he was also having a lot of other people executed. And then it all kind of calmed down with Catherine Parr and everyone was like, good, they're only in the 50s. We've hopefully got another 10, 20 years of peace now. Finally, after all that marrying and all that upheaval, we've got 10, 20 years of peace. It's going to be lovely. We can all just chill. Don't you mean 30? Well, unfortunately, because King Henry was so gouty... And he they died. Have, he, he, he was only 55 when he died in 1547. So Catherine Parr survived Henry VIII. Oh. He didn't divorce her. He didn't have her executed. She outlived him. And she organised his burial, had him buried. And you know what? Even though she only lived two years longer than Henry did, she had time to get married again. So she managed to squeeze in another marriage because the two of them just love getting married. I think she liked wearing a big white dress and having a big day all about her. So she thought, I'll I'll get married again. I'll have another husband. So she ended up with five husbands. He ended up with six wives before he died. Which is quite the total, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's lots of wives. Wait, what happened to, to Edward and the princesses? Ah, do you know what? I do tell you that in the postscript. But that, Evie, that we've just discussed, was a very brief tour of the six wives of Henry VIII, who are now remembered mostly by this simple rhyme. Divorced, beheaded, died. Divorced, beheaded, survived. Wait, but Dad, what happened to to Edward and the princesses? Please tell me. Okay, so after King Henry VIII died, Edward did go on to become King of England. And a jolly good king he was. Very progressive, Protestant king. Everyone was very happy. Then he died. Mary took over. Well, there was a little little brief hiatus where a lady called um, Lady Jane... Uh, tried to become queen, but that didn't work out for her. We'll probably cover that at a different stage. We'll do that in a different podcast. Okay. So Lady Jane tried to become queen, but then Mary was queen, yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. And then she died. And then Elizabeth became queen, Elizabeth I, and she was the last Tudor queen because she didn't have any kids. And after that, it passed on to the Stuarts. Okay. Who were cousins. So... So that was Queen Elizabeth's mum? No. Queen Elizabeth's (coughs) mum was the Queen Mother, who was also called Elizabeth. It gets confusing. There's uh, Queen Elizabeth I was around in the uh, 15th and 16th century. Um, Queen Elizabeth, our Queen Elizabeth, is like 400 years later, isn't she? Yeah. So she, she, she couldn't be her mum. The queen, the queen was very old. She, she was ninety six, but she wasn't that old. She already died. So, so her husband t- took over. No, no. I know it would look like that because they were both old in your eyes. But the queen's husband, Prince Philip, had already died. Ew. And the person who's taken over, King Charles, was the queen's son. Ew. But I realise at the age of seven, all old people just look old, and you can't really tell. The age gaps. 
you know, I mean, he is in his late 60s, early 70s already. So Ooh, okay. Mm. Okay? That was a really good podcast. Oh, you are you already giving it a good review, are you? Yeah. So, just... just to check your understanding, how many of the queens can you now name back to me? So we've got six. Can you name any of them? Um, Who's the first one? Queen... Catherine. Catherine. Queen Catherine. Catherine of Aragon, and she had Mary. Who was the second one? Amber something. Anne Boleyn. Anne Boleyn. Yeah. She she had Elizabeth, and she got her head chopped off. Who was the third one? And what she was called? The third one was Jane. Jane, that everyone liked and was lovely. And she she just unfortunately died. Who was the fourth one, the one he didn't really want? Catherine. No, I know there's another Catherine, but this was... Mary. Anne. Anne of Cleves, the one he sent off to Germany for. Then who did we have? Mary? Come on, three of them are called Catherine and you've only had one Catherine. What do you think the fifth one was called? Catherine. Catherine Howard. And then the last one? Catherine. Catherine Parr. Who was the very... Who, she was the one who was a nursemaid and sort of looked after him. Yeah. So I can guarantee you, Evie, when you studied the Tudors at school... You will have to remember the six wives. And now you know. Mm-hmm. So, which one was he married to for the longest? Uh, the longest? Mm? The first one. Yeah, the first one. And the moral of the story is, sometimes you're best off sticking with what you've got, because otherwise it just gets messy and weird. Well, the moral of the story of me is, never, never devour or execute or send away your wives just because they don't give you what they want right okay so is that what you're going to say to your husband if you get a husband you can't divorce me you can't execute me you can't send me away just if i don't give you what you want yes that's what i'm going to say to my husband okay that's good to know you're also hopefully not going to marry a prince yeah or king (laughs) Yes, of course I won't. Good. That's a promise and I've got it recorded now. You're not to marry any kings or princes, okay? Okay, but what if it's a king like King Harold and I really like him? We'd have to discuss it at the time, okay? Okay. I'm not saying hard no. I'm just saying let's let's have a chat about it before we commit, yeah? Okay. Are we done? Yeah. Bye-bye podcast listeners. It's Emma, Chief Organiser at Consistently Eccentric, here to remind you all that if you like what you hear, you can catch up with all previous episodes and session series by searching for us on Acast, Spotify and iTunes. How fancy. You can also join us on Instagram at Consistently Eccentric Podcast, where we update on the weekly episode and post all of our bonus content for you lucky lot. See you next week.